0: Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about Fear the Walking Dead, Season 7, Episode 9, and our recommendations on Outer Range, One Shot, Russian Doll, and more. Oh! Yeah. Hi, Margaret. How are you? No, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Yay! Yay! It's Tuesday! This is on Monday. Yeah, absolutely. Funny that you brought Tuesday up because it made me think of Monday and Manic Monday, and that's a song, (laughs) which is segueing into our question of the day. So since this episode introduced Paul a new, well, (laughs) temporary (laughs) character. A day player. Yeah. Yeah a temporary uh, character (laughs) in Fear the Walking Dead. He's a deaf musician, and he talks about Beethoven. It had me Googling his music, Ode to Joy. But in getting to all of this, our question (laughs) of the day is, what song or music makes you happy?
1: I like any music that really kind of has a good beat, and I can dance to it. But I do like a lot of drums. I like heavy bass, like drums, not... Not so crazy about guitar, necessarily, but I love the sax, and I love horns and the piano, but I really like the African drums, which have a huge total range, and, you know, you pound on those things, so I can't even imagine those people are stress-free, probably, because that's where they take out all their anxieties, on those drums, (laughs) but um, really, really, really cool, but I just like something that just is so kind of guttural, you know, really basic, so. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I love so, that. Dude, what do you like, pop? Well, I was going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing you because <laughs> you well, said I Manic actually, Monday.
0: <laughs> I do like pop. I know. I do too. I do too. So I was going to 100% agree with you about anything that makes me move. Mm-hmm, right? If it mm-hmm. if it gets me moving one way or another, I'm like, oh, I love this song, or it makes me happy because yeah. it makes me want to dance, move, do whatever it is. But Group together. I love Queen songs. They oh. tend to make me really happy. But you know what song, it may have been a one hit winner, maybe not. A song that I really like to listen to is Come On Eileen.
1: Oh my god. That's by the from... Dexy Midnight yeah. Runners, yeah. I think, yeah. or something like that. Oh my god.
0: That song though, and I think what I like so much about it, yes, it's upbeat, but it changes in tempo. And I love that. mm uh, and Queen tends to do that too in some of their <laughs> songs, like Bohemian Rhapsody and other songs. It changes tempo, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of dynamics within the the music. So, yeah.
1: I agree because I like that the change. I mean, just anything that has lift and power, and right, just you know, uh, just like a coming together of everything, and you're moving voluntarily. It isn't a conscious movement either for me. If I just start moving to stuff, my body's like doing its own little thing and I'm not even aware of it, you know? So
0: yeah, I love that. That's what we need more of, music that makes us happy. So our friends out there listening, let us know what you think. What song or music makes you happy? You can leave us a comment on social media, our website, or email at screensinfocus at gmail.com. The links are in our show notes. Okay, so here we are. Fear the walking dead. Season seven, episode nine, follow me. It's all about Alicia and her strange, vivid dreams, her sickness, and meeting Paul, who helps her discover what these dreams may be telling her. So Margaret, hmm. what did you think of this episode?
1: Well, I really I really appreciate the fear of the walking dead from when they first started to make it as the spinoff because it was so different from the walking dead and it introduced a whole bunch of new characters. It took it from a different angle and, you know, West coast and then all their trials and tribulations. And then it did incorporate some of the other the characters from the walking dead just probably to keep it moving or hopefully grab the audience. But I really liked the idea of getting back to Alicia because we didn't really see her a lot in the last season and we didn't know yeah. if she was alive or if she was dead. And then the last episode or something, last two episodes, she finally appeared and there she is, but now she's sick and all this other stuff. So this first episode was a little slow for me, but I think that's more because The Walking Dead has been so well done and so intense yeah. and just so yeah. moving forward with so many things. So this kind of had to be like a retro, let's get everybody back on the same page and reintroduce some things. Um, I thought it was interesting that it was just her and this Paul character guy and then the other guys came into play, um, you know, partially through it. But it was just, it was more thoughtful. Um, They didn't really explain a lot of stuff. I felt it was really open-ended in a lot of, um, just a lot of scenes and situations. It just didn't really conclude anything. But it also, there was no immediacy. There was no real weight put on any of the stuff that they kind of dropped. And you're like, Mm -hmm. well, so what? She's sweaty. You know, I mean, of course, she's got a fever. But, you know, and she's dreaming weird because she's got a fever. And, you know, the little girl, I mean, that was kind of the, the one interesting element that wasn't really explained and is just kind of dangling. But I thought it was just kind of a... Was a little girl in the last season?
0: No. Uh uh-uh. uh So That's, she was mm-mm. to me.
1: She's just like the carrot. I mean, where? Why is she there now? It's just the Easter egg, just to drop—not an Easter egg, Easter egg, but you know, just to drop it in there for what purpose we don't know. So I thought it was, you know, it, it was okay. Mm. Was not the roller coaster that we'd just been on. So, what about you? What you? What did you think? Same or
0: well, different? Yeah, I think the same. I think that you are so right because of The Walking Dead and so much happening and fighting and just all kinds of things, action and people changing, evolving, redemption, all this stuff. And then we come to fear and we're like, okay, we saw Alicia, (laughs) you know, waging war with Strand. And so we're like, yes, it's coming on and we can't wait to see it. And so Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, Alicia's on the road. She's having these dreams. And I I think I kept waiting for it to pick up. Yeah. Um, and while I really do like Alicia a lot, and she has grown she grew so much on the first half of the season. So um I'm appreciating seeing her further growth. And I think this episode, we needed to see where her headspace is. And understand what was happening and I think that's why this episode is there to to fill us in on on where she's at and you know how we're going to move forward with all the other characters. But this episode had me questioning time and reality. And at first I had a bit of trouble trying to figure out when this occurred because I wasn't sure if she had already met up with Morgan or if this was an episode before she met up with Morgan, so that's where my confusion came in, because she never specifically said. She just said, I have to get back to my people. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure if she meant the people in that underground place or yeah. if she meant our, the people. So mm-hmm. it, it took me a bit into, to figure out that we were in current time. Also, I had watched The Talking Dead. And Alicia Debum Carey really helped me to understand the purpose of this episode, because Alicia has always followed her mother, her brother, Morgan, and now she is, you know, grown into her own person and figuring out her own voice. And so hearing her say that and I rewatched the episode, you know, it made so much more sense watching this episode. Mm -hmm. And then her being sick. I really want to know what is going on with that because I thought to myself, is it from the bite of the walkers? Is that what's? Happening? Is it the radiation? Is it something else? I like that they're kind of keeping it a mystery because it makes us wonder mm-hmm. why it's happening. And also, like you said, the little girl, I wondered, is the little girl her trying to guide her? Who's this person? And is she real? I kept thinking, is this is she almost looked like little red riding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, she's got her little suit on, right?
0: Yeah. But she looked tiny. <clears throat> I'm like, is this a small person or is this a little girl? Oh. I couldn't really tell. Hmm.
1: Um, no, I thought, so I thought it was her. I mean, and it's her own
0: Alicia, right? Projection. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Yes.
1: That's what I thought when I saw it because she kept reappearing and, who are you, how are you? And it just was, too. it was very ethereal, you know, the whole way that they shot it with the lighting and right. everything. So right. I just assumed it was her and I have to agree with you about the, her. Um, with the following of somebody always being told what to do, I thought, you know, she's she's doing this mission, which is something that her mother was on, that she's just trying right. to hold up and, and continue doing, working toward, because that's just what she thinks her purpose is. So I think that she was a young lady when she started doing this show, you know, a teenager, and now she's in yeah. her, mid, I think, in real life, in her mid-20s. And, you know, it's for me, it's kind of, the development of her character, she's always had something to lean on and somebody to lean on. And when her mother died and then her her brother died and then her mother died and then all these other people leave her and then they turn into people that she doesn't even know anymore. And, you know, as far as Strand and all that. So I've just thought that she's, she's going to develop her own sense of self throughout this season, most likely, and really determine what is important to her to try to strive to achieve, I think instead of what some, but now they're going to bring her mother back. So it's going to like yeah, switch I it that up too. So maybe right? they'll have a yeah. conflict or something. I don't know. Cause I mean, it's a good honorable mission. It's a good goal, but you know, she's just going through the motions because she thinks she's supposed to. She's like a wind up doll, you know?
0: Yeah. All right. What else did you think about this episode?
1: I, well, I, I enjoyed the, the, um, Paul for what he was, um, and what he brought to it. I, I just didn't really feel like they had a, a, a tight, deep connection, but when they met, um, when they went to go find the, the receiver, you know, that she broke, um, in the house, you know, trying to get his attention when the walker had, was going to eat him or bite him. Um, yeah. I thought that was a really, I liked the setting and the, just the whole purpose of that but it's such a such a simple thing though means so much to these people you really have to it's hard to um i guess relate to that because simple pleasures right are the best because we're such a a society of excess (laughs) and if we want something we just go buy it on credit (laughs) you know (laughs) so it's really was really um interesting but I think they could have played that up a little bit more just to give it more meaning because I feel like it was a little empty that's all
0: I liked their conversation in the car Mm. um after Arno arrived and Paul shot him and and then he was trying to get that uh receiver into the car and Mm -hmm. And Alicia pulls him in. But what stuck out to me in that that time with them together was I felt like they really focused on the trauma that they both have had or are having. And it made me think about all of our Walking Dead characters in both shows and all the trauma they go through. Because we we just sit we just sit down on our couch, we watch them, we're like, Oh yeah, they're an apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> but really they're in an apocalypse. They are in this and they face things constantly, loss. And so I thought to myself, wow, Paul lost his wife and he's trying to drown out the last thing he heard, which was her scream. right. And then with Alicia, she's trying to, she's probably not sleeping because every time she goes to sleep, she hears this voice, this dream about, you know, follow me. And she thinks it's that Senator Vargas guy Yeah. and she's trying to figure it out. So she probably doesn't want to go to sleep, which is bad because if you don't sleep. You hallucinate. Yeah, yeah you start hallucinating. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it just, I found it very interesting that they're showing both these characters struggling with their life in this apocalypse, which is everybody, even Arno, even though we don't like him, he's definitely uh, one of the villains, although not one of the big main villains, but yeah, just kind of a thorn in Alicia's side. <laughs> but even he, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so he's bringing around these walkers that happen to be people he lived with and cared about. That's weird in itself. And he's trying to bring them to show her, look what you did to these people, I don't know. So everybody's living with weird. Yeah.
1: um, Yeah. But maybe that's the whole thing is because they've all been radiated, too. Right. So you're not totally in the right mind, probably. But I'm sure that he had such an attachment to those people. That was his family. Didn't you? you It was. They've had other people on these episodes where they've kept their families locked in a room, even though they've turned and they throw whatever in there to, yeah. not that they need to throw anything in there because apparently they don't die from starvation. You know, they just keep going. They just start rotting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they become pieces. Exactly. So, totally.
1: But people keep their families, even though they've turned. So that might be the same thing they were trying to represent with him, having everybody in a cage. I mean, yeah. aside but- from finding her and then having them eat her or chew on her you know, yeah. as her punishment.
0: That's what I'm saying. This has affected even Arno, right? So everybody in this episode or the, these three people in this episode all have some sort of trauma that they're trying to deal with. Yeah. Some way, one way or another. And so I, it just kind of jumped out at me as I was watching this that I, you know, saw how that is related to each of them in their own world. Mm-hmm. But I did like that, you know, that Paul tells her, look, you weren't holding a gun to these people and their heads. You weren't forcing them to follow you. You believed you were taking them to a good place. And I love that he's just trying to ease her mind, you know, not feel the guilt that she does. And then he's saying, hey, maybe we can help each other. Maybe I'll go with you, which I thought was kind of cool. I thought, oh, a new character. Cool. Yeah, yeah. But. That was short-lived, um, but I just really think that he was instrumental. Ha ha, being a musician, uh, <laughs> oh, I think he was. <laughs> I think he was instrumental in helping her realize and to believe in herself and to um, and that she is capable. I think he came to his own realization too, and that's why he ended up picking up that bagpipe toward the end. So, it it was nice. It was good to see this relationship and then you see how a character is, you know, influences another character. And I you know what I just realized? Okay, the correlation here, every time a new character comes on on a premiere, they end up dying. <laughs> that happened with that happened with Morgan. On each premiere, they yeah. introduce a character and then that character dies in that premiere. Wow. And they they've been really good at it. It, it was <laughs> Morgan meaning to Yeah, that formula. So it just dawned on me. But you know
1: what? So, okay, you point out that he helps her realize, but my whole thing is, why does she need somebody to help her realize? Why can't she find that in herself? And I think that's kind of the vacuous world that she's living in because she can't, she needs somebody to validate her and point her in the right direction. So is this kind of like sexist? I mean,
0: no, I think, but I think that happens a lot, uh, to everybody. People are living their lives and sometimes somebody has to point something out to you for you to realize it. That just happens because you're so busy with everything that you're doing. And then someone says something and you're like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Also, she has a guilt, feels guilt. And so he's trying to help her out of that guilt, just like he could have realized what he, About himself, but it took her being there for him to realize that he needed to move on too. Yeah, it just could have been like denial, right? Yeah,
1: I mean, we all know what we're supposed to do, to whether or not we get around to it. (laughs) So,
0: yeah. All right, what other thoughts or tidbits did you have on this episode?
1: I just, I really, again, um, I liked some of the framing of the shots. I like the lighting. I liked how that helped to set the scene and kind of communicate the feeling or the situation. So, um, I think that they're evolving and trying to create more of an artistic visual versus just straight up, but that might've been how this was had been shot all along. And I'm just after watching walking dead, which was more in your face with some of these things, You know, they didn't really develop the scene as far as visually, you know, making it pretty or making it aesthetically interesting and the camera angles like all that close up dead stuff, which in Walking Dead. So now with this, I mean, I think they're more it's more of a beauty beauty shot kind of um situation just in the house the house was incredible the outside of the house was incredible the visuals with those people in that big cage on the back of the truck was yeah crazy yeah. you know just just i mean just little pieces just all the little intricate details that they have to pay attention to, to make sure it all fits and makes sense her inside the piano with her just peering out through that oh. little crack that was pretty cool too
0: yeah I wanted to bring up that it was really good to see Morgan. <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> I was so happy. <laughs> and um,
1: is okay, he in the? So, but is he in the submarine or whatever that thing is? Is yeah, he in that? Yeah, okay. A, yes. Still submarine. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yes. It helped me with the whole timeline. I'm like, yes, this is where we're at. It helped me catch up. I just really appreciated seeing him. Um, but you know, throughout the episode. Like, why didn't the walkers try and get into the car when Alicia and Paul were in there? Yeah. Normally, walkers are trying to get you. Yeah. Like how on The Walking Dead, remember Remember how I was saying how Judith and uh, the other little gal were in the basement? Okay, I'm yeah, like, how do, the walk- yeah. how do the walkers know that they're in there? And that's far away. And here it's a car. Yep. <laughs> they see them getting in the car. Yep. And yet the walkers aren't banging on the door trying to get in. Yeah. And when Paul was first introduced, a walker had come in through the door so easily and Well, is it is that
1: because it was left open?
0: He said the lock must have jiggled open or not closed. I'm like, wow. "Really?" come yeah, on. See? It's yeah. been a really long time in the apocalypse. Uh, and the fact that he had his back turned, I'm thinking, okay, you can't hear. Why would you ever have your back turned to anything? I would always be sitting facing out instead of having my back to anybody. Wow, he was kind of a move. <laughs> he was at the piano, right? I thought he was at a, was he? I, I don't even know. Maybe I he was. I don't know, but I don't know. And then when he was blaring the music and told Le- Alicia to wear those uh, earplugs and when Arno was there and he opens the door and he has this little pistol, <laughs> like as soon as the music started blaring and the Arno and his group started, you know, running out, why wouldn't you close the door? Mm. So no walkers would come into your house. This is your home. Yeah. But you know, they just kept coming in, coming in and. I just I just did not like their actions when it came to the walkers. I'm like, yeah. you've been living in this apocalyptic world. It's not like you are people from like the Commonwealth on The Walking Dead that are right, totally right. oblivious. You know right. what it's like to live in here. So I just felt like they weren't... They uh, dropped the ball. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I agree with you. In, in this case. Totally.
0: But I, I really liked Paul, that he is... Uh, a non-hearing person and that they introduced him just like Connie on the walking dead. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool that they're bringing other characters in, um, but they're killing so them I,
1: at the same time. I know.
0: <laughs> well, well it, not Connie, but yeah, this guy. Yeah. You know
1: what though? I mean, that was all
0: in the distance. How many people have come back from the dead? Right. Yeah. So you're absolutely
1: right. I mean, I so anything
0: is possible. Well, but, especially yeah. the, Ar- the
1: Arno guy. I mean, he really should have been dead because I thought he was shot and those walkers were all over the place. Why didn't he, you know, he came out on the skates, which really didn't make any sense to me.
0: No, it didn't. So. Because that one walker got him on the back, was coming on up on his backside and didn't bite him. Yeah. I also uh, appreciated the... Um, uh, Alicia's dream. So at the beginning, it was those survivors at the time they were following her and she thinks she sees Vargas, what's yeah, Senator guy, Vargas. Yeah. But then at the end, when she's running up and it's actually her, of course, you could tell it's her, but she's running up to herself and the people behind her are all Fear the Walking Dead characters. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was cool how how her dream transitioned, From the old group to the new group. And Mm -hmm. so I I thought that was a a cool way to to end her dream sequence like that. Oh, and the end with Arno and his buddy, how they're standing there at the crater. With all those, that place full of walkers, which we've seen before. We've seen that on The Walking Dead.
1: Well, that whole idea.
0: Yeah. Yes. But
1: that's supposed to be where the the bomb went off. And so all those people are radiated people from what I, uh, what I gleaned.
0: So I think you might be right. And I just wonder what's going to happen with them. I mean, they made a point to show it to us. So, yeah, well, we'll come to find out what they're about. Okay, Margaret, we are at our segment and the award goes to. So what was your favorite character quote or moment?
1: I really liked, again, I I already said it, but I really liked the concert hall scene because I felt like that was the only time that they really connected because they were beyond him saving her and her eating haggis and, you know, come with me, I'm not going to (laughs) come with you, you know, that kind of thing. So they started to talk about their situation. So I thought that was a really interesting moment or period until it was broken up. But I just, you know, they connected there. So I thought it was good. That was my one, the one shining moment. I mean, there were a lot of little things that, but this was the meaningful thing because you saw yeah, the shift in her um, and in him, really. Mm-hmm. So how about you? What did you think? Or who did you like?
0: Morgan? Yeah, well, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, when Morgan, Morgan's voice, when I heard Morgan's voice, mm-hmm. man, I was so relieved. I felt like I knew this was reality in their world of course but I yeah. mean I knew what was going on I knew what time we were we were at it was a sense of assuredness for me and I knew Alicia was safe for the moment mm-hmm. and I it was uh, familiar to me and I think that and I really think that Alicia and Morgan make a really good team I like them mm-hmm. together and yeah. how they work together and of course as we talked about Alicia's realization of following her own voice, and and that's when she verbalizes it to Morgan. And then he says something so like, You're gonna be Padre, and she says, You know, I'm gonna give the people what they want, a safe place. So they're gonna build their army. Oh, and she does tell him, Look, Arno's not joining us, so we're gonna build our army, <laughs> we're gonna take the tower, and she tells Morgan, be ready. It's like, okay. Yeah. We're going to be ready. Any last parting thoughts on Fear the Walking Dead?
1: I um, wish they had more characters in there. I really like the interaction yeah. between all the characters, not just focusing on one, but I guess because we hadn't been watching her, that's why are seeing her in action and through some of this, you know, confusion that she's been in um, or her dilemma. That they needed to show that in order to move the story forward. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes to from here. Yeah. Because it was pretty intense. You know, without her, it was pretty intense, you know? Yeah. Trying to storm that
0: place. I I see that a new character is coming on, and I believe uh, it'll be a love interest, so it'll be interesting to see. For whom? Uh, Charlie. Anyways, a new character's coming on. I cannot wait. Supposed to be a love interest, so um, oh yeah, you would love, <laughs> and yeah, me and love. But also, also, I love new characters because I think this person, you know, well, who's to say? Well, I Who hope be they live too. I hope they can add
1: value. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, where did they find him? Does he know people? I don't know. We'll find out, but I, it'll I don't be know. cool. I'm, I'm excited. So I think the next episode will have more people involved. Oh, yeah, totally. So, yeah. We'll At least
1: <laughs> she will be gone for another two weeks and then we'll get back <laughs> to know. the original group. Because she's know, out there right? wandering. Where am I going? Oh, my God.
0: All right. Okay. That wraps up our conversation on Fear the Walking Dead. Tell me, Margaret, what else are you currently watching?
1: Uh, well, you know, weekends in my house are what? Is on TV today. <laughs> what can I find that I that looks interesting that will hold my interest? And I was watching Netflix, so uh, I saw Russian Doll that um, preview, and it's from 2019, and it is a Netflix show, and it's got the redhead that was on um, Orange Is the New Black. I can't remember what her character name is there, but her real name is Natasha Leon. And um, she is the main character. She wrote it with another lady, um, Leslie Headlin, And actually, Amy Poehler is in there, too. And Amy Poehler is a producer as well. And so you know it's going to have some comic or comedy, a huge comic, probably dark comedy element. And what it is is about a girl who is at her 35th birthday, I think. And you learn a little bit about her history because her mother died young. So she's like, Oh, I made it past where, you know, my mom lived, but it starts out with her at a party in the bathroom, looking, you know, checking her makeup, whatever at a friend's house or loft and the friend threw the party. And then, you know, it's this whole New York grunge crowd. Everybody's into drugs and drinking and just doing whatever. And it's a combination of, you know, all different types of people, but she ends up running into the street and getting hit by a car. <laughs> so <laughs> she lost her cat. So she sees her cat across the street in the park, runs after it, gets hit by a cab, boom, dead. Flash forward, wakes up. There she is looking at herself in the same mirror. So replay. So it's almost like Groundhog Day. So uh. it looked really interesting. That was like the clip. So it looked really interesting. So I got into it, started watching it. they are only 24 minutes of pop. And I found it really interesting the first couple episodes because she dies differently. Because she changes. She realizes after she dies a couple of times and she starts changing up what she does to change the outcome. So then she starts Uh dying differently. It got really good. And so now there's this whole second season that's coming out. So it'll be interesting to see how they... Because they um, resolved everything last season. So it'll be interesting to see what happens now. But Ah. um, next for her, for this particular character. So then the other thing was I was wanting, I had to get a movie, you know, cause I like watching movies and I had to get something that I hadn't seen, but I found one, which is called One Shot, which was done in 2021. It was on Hulu or is on Hulu. And it's, it stars Scott Atkins, Ashley Green, Corey, and Ryan Philippe. So he's the only name in there, but it's, um, starts out, it's a like five Navy SEALs and this woman in a helicopter and they're flying over to, one of the islands where they're keeping all the terrorists or the people they suspect being terrorists. She's got to grab one of the guys that they just picked up in London and they ran him over here. And, you know, she's very cagey about why she's doing this and she's just uh, an analyst. So she says, but she's got these seals and um, it just, it's like one thing after another. And then the whole walled, prison is compromised by the terrorists trying to get the same guy. So it's just a showdown. So it's guns and death and blood and guts and, you know, all this, all this stuff. So it's really, it really is, was an action packed, you know, war type movie. I mean, it was hand to hand combat. So it was pretty interesting. It was pretty well done actually. I thought interesting story. So cool. then I have one more thing, which I, I found yesterday. And it has Meryl Streep in it, and it's done by Steven Soderbergh, called *The Laundromat*, and it's based on true events. And the events are just being scammed all the way through. Your, you know, the American public is being scammed, and shell companies are being formed. And it's, you know, the insurance companies, it's, you know, the banks, it's, you know, bad real estate. It's just all this stuff, and people are losing their money. Just a common guy. And this woman, Meryl Streep, plays her husband is killed in an accident on Lake George. It's just this big political mess. Well, a whole bunch of new laws came out and regulations because of this particular case, because Ah. there was a whistleblower who um, exposes everything. So it's kind of it's a really hard movie to follow because it's these two guys and the two guys are commentating throughout the whole thing. And it's Antonio Banderas. And um, Gary Oldman. So they're the two key people at this show company. So they're commenting through the whole thing um, about how they get away with all this. And then you flash to the story. So it's kind of, it's an interesting movie, but it's very political. It's Soderbergh. So of course it's going to be something, you know, political, mm. but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but it's just, it's just about corruption and how we get screwed all the time. And we're right. not protected by anything mm. or anybody or and opportunists just take advantage. So.
0: What, Sue, so what are you watching? So I started watching Outer Range, which is on Prime Video, and it's mm. Josh Brolin, plays mm. Royal Abbott, to uh, who is a Wyoming rancher. And his family tends to the ranch that has been in his wife's family for over 100 years. And so the Abbots are dealing with a missing daughter-in-law. And they have this dispute with the neighbors, uh, the Tillersons, and it's about property lines and the tensions mount and someone gets killed. Mm. And Royal is dealing with that and he finds this big, huge void on his ranch. I mean, an actual void, like... Like a sunken or a hidden space? (laughs) Yeah, like, yes, like... uh, dimensions or something He's, he throws things in there and they oh nubble. oh like a black hole yeah. almost
1: oh, okay like a black hole oh, exactly so it's kind of sci-fi
0: Yeah, i only seen two episodes but the end of the second episode you're like what the heck is happening so it's very interesting a hmm. lot of supernatural stuff is happening
1: wow.
0: and it makes me want to keep watching so that is what is on prime video that right sounds now. interesting and so I actually also finished Yellowstone uh, mm. season four mm-hmm. because it's on Peacock. You know, Kevin Costner is the patriarch of the Dutton family and there's so much happening and I don't want to give anything away for people that haven't watched it yet, but I would say go watch it. It's really, it's really well done. <laughs> Do you think
1: you but, need to see the first three seasons to understand season four? Okay.
0: Yes. Okay. I think so. Yes. Because, yeah, you have to see all the relationships and where everything has come. So, yes, for Yellowstone, you would need to see the others. And you would. Why would you want to miss it? They're all good. So you need to watch it. But it's basically three siblings, right? He has three kids and one of the hands is Jimmy. And uh, I really like his storyline. I But I also found out that there's going to be a spinoff. And he's supposed to be in that spinoff. So that'll be interesting when that comes out. But I also, I I like where the three siblings, everything that is happening between them. But are they Uh, siblings? Well, (laughs) you'll have to tune in to see. But I also just read that, I guess, because of the television series, like $70 million has been thrusted into mont montana For, because like, of you mean jobs growth? Oh. yeah growth yeah wow uh i also finish servant on apple tv oh. this is that m night Shyamalan, mm-hmm. and uh it's it, it finished season three and it's basically, again, not trying to give anything away, but just so people know, it's a Philadelphia couple, Dorothy and Sean, mm-hmm. who tragically lose their child. But Dorothy comes to believe that their reborn doll is real. Reborn and a doll? Na-
1: What's a reborn yeah, doll?
0: They, a reborn doll is when they give you like this lifelike doll because oh. she was having such um Oh, just to help her tra- through the trauma? Oh, Yet yeah, help okay. her through the trauma, but then she starts to believe this doll is real. <laughs> so <laughs> she hires a nanny. Okay, this is all in the first season. Okay, in the first wow. couple of episodes, mm-hmm. she hires a nanny. When the nanny starts working there, guess what? The baby becomes real. And really, then the real hus- or just to the wife. No, really, real. Mommy? No, to everybody. How to everybody. weird? How weird. So then, so then the husband and the brother, who is um, Rupert Grint, who plays Ron in. Harry Potter he plays Dorothy's brother mm-hmm. so the brother and the husband are like, what the hell just happened because they were going along with trying to help the wife and then now the baby is exists now and they're playing along and so it's just very interesting because this young nanny uh, Leanne has brought strange frightening happenings but she does really care for the family and she's usually protecting them. So things happen to other people that are that get in the way. You so know, or. is this reborn baby
1: doll thing? Is it is Leanne pregnant and it's her baby?
0: It could be. I mean, does she bring her baby? That's what they speculate. But then nah, I don't wow. think it's her baby. We don't know where this baby came from. That's the whole thing. Okay. And the whole thing that all the episodes, you're always guessing. It never resolves in a good way yeah. because it keeps you hanging, and you we want to know what's happening. What's happening. It's really well done, and uh, I really do like it, and Mm -hmm. I like that nothing ever gets resolved. You really don't get any clear answers. Mm. You might get a clear answer to one specific scene or what's happening, but you still don't know. You still don't know Leanne and what power she has. Mm -hmm. You still don't know who this baby really belongs to. You really don't know if this baby's a doll, a a living, you know, her baby, somebody else's baby. Don't know, but it's good. Tune in, servant, Mm -hmm. Apple TV. (laughs) I'll have to check it out. Oh, yeah. And you got Apple TV, so you could easily do that. I do. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me today in talking about Fear the Walking Dead and your recommendations.
1: Oh, you're welcome. It was my pleasure. (laughs) I
0: love that. (laughs) All right. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website and follow Screens in Focus and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. You can rate and review the podcast on Apple, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast. This helps other listeners find us. We'll be releasing a new episode next week. Next show will be on Fear the Walking Dead, Season 7, Episode 10. You can find our website listed in our show notes. See you next time. Bye. Bye.